Hello, my friend. This is Dennis Gavar with Guru Nation, welcoming you to this episode of Guru in Your Ear, entitled Protein Flexes and Polymers, along with my teaching partner, Max Massiano. Max, how are you? Hey, Dennis. I'm great. How are you, my friend? I am good, my friend. Very, very good. Very excited uh, in this uh, segment. This is only going to be first part. We're going to continue talking about this because it's really, it's very deep because there's lots of information contained, but it's also very confusing. So many people are confused about all of these different kinds of things that we're working with, these different products that are supposed to do something. And then when you really break it down to their ingredient deck, there's nothing in there that could possibly do that. That's right. Other than make the hair feel good. And remember, the only two tools that we have to use when we're looking at the condition of the hair is our vision and our touch. That's we right. don't have those devices that they have in the laboratory. And so as a result of that, we either have to believe what they tell us or do our own due diligence, our own investigation, and really see if what they're saying is accurate. Now, I don't blame the manufacturers because they have always said that they have to have a story because we're, you know, people love stories. Mm -hmm. So if they can teach people or give people a story that is compelling, it will influence people to purchase the product. And there's no way, no metric. They don't have, no one asks for laboratory results. There's no standard that they have to meet other than no harm to the consumer. Right. And so as a result of that, that's why we're so confused in this business. And people are using things and they're putting their client's hair in jeopardy sometimes because they think they're being good at what they're doing, but in fact, they're not really protecting the hair the way they should. So correct. enough of that. Let's, uh, let's talk about it. So why yeah. don't you start us off? Well, I think the first thing that we should you know, establish right out of the gate here is as hairdressers, when we are working with chemicals and the hair, there are two areas of the hair that are always affected. The first is the cuticle. And then the second is the cortex and different products affect different areas of the hair. Um, and, and I think that there is not a lot of well-known knowledge out there about how to tell if something is more of a surface acting product as opposed to something that goes inside the hair and, you know, does some business for repairing, you know? We, I, something that is always common is, you know, the whole, there's products that have protein and products that provide moisture. That's something that's very common, but I think we should dive a little deeper into what moisture does, where it's really effective on or in the hair, and the same for protein. Can we start by setting some ground rules? Absolutely. Okay, these, these are not our rules. These are rules of science. Okay, so Absolutely. First of all, the best we can do when we're working with these types of products on the hair is we can affect them in the cuticle layers primarily. Okay, that's basically what we're working on. Uh, certain ingredients will give you more penetration, but for the for the 
biggest part of them, they're really only working in and around the cuticle layer. Second of all, everything that we're doing to hair is temporary. We're not curing cancer. We're not, cur we're not curing the hair. Uh, we're also not removing anything from the hair. So, so when we use these products, we're, we're simply adding to the hair to change either visually what happened or with hair color, we're changing the structure of the hair or we're changing the feel or the touch. So let's talk about molecular weight. That's always a term that's been used for years and salespeople have used it to sell the product and all of that. And really what molecular weight, the, the reason that it's an important part of a product mm -hmm. we use on the hair is it really is a metric for measuring how deep into the hair a product can actually penetrate. So the smaller the molecular weight, the deeper the product can penetrate. For example, water. Water has a molecular weight of 17. So it literally goes straight through the hair. That's just what water does. Sure. It's small enough to penetrate all the way through. Ammonia has a molecular weight of about 17. And it penetrates right through the hair as well and through the skin. <clears throat> That's the reason people who make hair color products that are ammonia-based, one of the issues they can sometimes have is they can have staining of the skin. And the mm -hmm. reason is because ammonia will, not only does ammonia penetrate the skin, it also dries the skin out, has a high pH. And so it makes the skin more porous, and therefore the staining action of the dye, dye molecules stain the skin and makes it hard to get the product off the skin and so <clears throat> as a result of that that's why years ago when you didn't have uh, stain removing products they used to use cigarette ashes because mm -hmm. cigarette ashes are alkali and so when a color stained the skin and you wanted to remove it and the reason they said cigarette ashes work the best was because it's an alkali so i'm applying an alkali to the skin and so those pores are opening again and i'm able to break down those dyes that have stained that epidermal layer of the skin i don't know how i got into alkalis and <laughs> it's okay it's okay so then what is basically the maximum molecular weight of a product to actually penetrate about 150 so that's that's where you cap out yeah so then but remember penetration is a broad brush because so you know there's more than one layer of cuticle and therefore if my product doesn't penetrate all the way through the cuticle layers it only penetrates the first two or three layers i still can say that we get penetration into the hair <clears throat> and that's why you know some of those products they're not lying to you when they say they get penetration, but they're not getting maximum depth and penetration. And a lot of that's because it's not the function of that product to penetrate deeply anyway. Right. You know, I mean, products that penetrate deep into the hair are products that are going to affect the structure of the hair. So what kind of products would that be? Well, hair color, of course, right? 
bleaching products, of course. Um, products that are going to strengthen the hair, of course. But that's pretty it, pretty much it. Even a clarifying treatment, like a chelating treatment, never penetrates into the cortex of the hair. Those products all only work in and around the cuticle layers because medication in our body is is not it doesn't it's not in the hair and i know that's hard for people to understand it's not in the hair it's in the sebaceous oil that your body throws off you you see you excrete those sebaceous oils okay you you excrete overnight and so those oils have uh, mineral deposits in them along with the negative charges in the hair those oils that your body produces, you know, that's what we're really working with when we're trying to, you know, remove or clarify the hair. We're trying to clarify anything that might impede the penetration of our chemical service into the hair fiber. And it's like oils, you know, oils vary in size. Like avocado oil has a molecular weight of 125. So, yes, it will penetrate. It doesn't penetrate deep into the hair but it penetrates far enough you know because avocado oil is not designed to penetrate to the cortex why would you want an oil in your cortex the only reason we use those oils is to replace the flexibility that we've lost in the hair you know and also hopefully if those oils have a high ratio of triglycerides in them then they act as patches in the holes in the cuticle. That's the reason we use those oils. But there are some oils that are too large, like olive oil. Olive oil is over 150 molecular weight. I mean, it's great to use it in your salad or to marinate your steak, but there's no need for you to use it <laughs> to for lubricate the, your hair, for God's sake. Or the dreaded coconut oil yeah, that rears its head every yeah. six months or so. Yeah, coconut oil, well, coconut has a small molecular weight. They've reduced it, but it has a bad side effect. In other words, coconut oil is high in triglycerides, but they are called long-chain triglycerides. They're very long. And the problem with that is that coconut oil will melt very easy, but it will also solidify very easy. So one of the things people discovered they were using coconut oil is that as it solidified, it would create an artificial barrier that would prevent the colors from taking successfully. Mm. So here's what the manufacturers did. They took the coconut oil and they removed the long chain triglycerides. They move, removed them. Okay, and now they call it fractionated coconut oil. But the long chain triglycerides made up two thirds of the benefit of coconut oil. Now it doesn't have those. So yes, now you can use it. You're not going to worry about it creating artificial barriers, but it's also not going to give you maximum benefit because there are many other products out there that have the same ingredients and they will do a better job. So it, it's, you know, it's like, you know, you trade one off, you have one trade off for another. Sure. But yeah, coconut oil got a big boost and now you don't hear much about it. Yeah, it's kind of 
mellowed out these days. It's like, you know, they stuck their finger in the fire and they got burned and they went, ah, maybe this is not as good as I thought it was. Right, right. So then, Dennis, would you agree that when we're talking about the hair needing moisture, yes. what we're, we're not actually pumping the hair full of water no. with these products, which I think is kind of like the misconception, but it's actually replacing those missing fats or oils that get depleted mostly from that cuticle layer right right that's what that's what moisturizing is so how it creates a picture in your mind moisturizing is something that many people relate to water so i'm adding water that's going to moisturize water is not moisturizing to the hair at all okay so Basically, what moisturizing the hair is, is adding humectants and emollients, things that will give the hair flexibility. To me, that's what moisturizing is. It's not really moisturizing. It's just giving the hair flexibility, the ability to bend and twist and, and you know, be subjected to all the things we subject our hair to on a daily basis and still, you know, look, you know, look healthy. So then, like, think of maybe like having a patch of dry skin. It looks all crepey and weird. And then you rub lotion on it. And all of a sudden, it kind of smooths out in appearance. And it is more flexible. Right. So softens the tissue. <clears throat> so now the tissue has more flexibility to it. That's really, that's really what we're doing. And so because we, you know, typically most humans have somewhere between seven to 14 layers of this cuticle, right? Yeah. Seven to 10, up to 14 if it's resistant hair. Not every head of hair has that many, but the average. Sure. Seven to 10 layers. So we're talking that about most of these moisturizing products. They're working on the surface or yeah. slightly a little deeper into those layers right. to create that flexibility. Right. I think people misunderstand the difference between the definition of a, um, of a conditioner and a treatment. Those are two different things. Right. Virtually everyone who uses a conditioner on their hair on a daily basis is using a product that we call being surface active. That means mm -hmm. it works on the surface. Yeah. When we use a product that is classified as a treatment, now that product is working deeper into the hair. And that's why um, for many people, they use products, they think a conditioner is going to repair hair in a damaged state. The conditioner will not. A conditioner will simply um, mask what is happening in that hair. Whereas a treatment will actually, if, it's, if it is engineered properly, will actually improve the strength of the hair. And, and that's what you're trying to do because hair that's in a weakened state needs to have strength added to it, especially based on what it is subjected to on a daily sure. basis. Sure. So I know there's lots of products out on the market that are touted as treatments, but yes. when for, for our hairdresser friends out there, what should they look for on a label 
so that they know they're actually using something that is providing structure when they know that that hair is kind of down to the wood, maybe it's, it's breaking or on the precipice of breaking. Right. You know, is there some, is there some kind of cue that they can look at on an ingredient deck that. Well, yeah. Yes. Here's what we know to repair the structure of the hair. I have to add what I've lost. And what I've lost, the reason hair is in a weakened state, is not because it has lost moisture primarily. It is because it has lost structure, which is created by protein. Remember, the hair is 90% protein. Mm -hmm. So if the hair is in a weakened state, it needs protein, some form of protein. There are many different types of proteins in the marketplace. Of course, today in 2022, we do not use animal protein because it got a bad rap from you know being used before. Although I used it when it first came out, and it, in many cases it was great. But today we primarily use vegetable protein, things of that sort. I mean, the only thing that would be well, it's not even animal protein, but people think it is silk protein. And silk okay. protein doesn't come, they're not, they're not killing silkworms. What they do is they take the cocoon in which the silkworm lived in until it right. got, you know, until it no longer needed that. And they take that. And the reason silk protein works so well is because it contains 18 of the 19 amino acids that are contained in the hair. Wow. So it has a natural affinity for the hair. It's also very, very strong. I mean, one of the things that we all know is that if you take a strand of silk, you know, it will support up to 100 times its own weight before it will break or snap. So silk protein is very, very good to you. But we have other things as well. We have uh, wheat protein, which in recent years was the most commonly used vegetable protein because it was the strongest protein. That's the reason that you would see bleaching products that had wheat protein in them. And you'd say, well, how can they put protein in a bleach, which is going to destroy? Because it would allow the bleach, bleach would not necessarily be super aggressive on the hair because it had wheat protein that would withstand, it could withstand the harshness of being in a bleaching product. Now, of course, a lot of that, because of people having gluten issues, we've switched that now. And now the one that comes to the forefront is pea pod uh, extract protein, which they found is actually stronger than wheat protein. And uh, those people who've been able to capture that in their products have been able, and it's not an easy task because Peapod protein does not smell. If you thought PPT smelled bad, Max, <laughs> peapod protein is nasty. <laughs> so they had to go through a refining process to, to refine it. And it's very, very strong. And, and so it works very well. They also have milk amino proteins, which work as well. They, they add a little, they're, they're more of a soft type of protein. So they'll still create a bond in the hair, but they have a little bit more flexibility. So that's a big, big thing for people they have quinoa protein 
Uh, quinoa, it, it does a great job. Uh, they have combinations of proteins in their products. So anything that has protein in it is what I would immediately recommend to restructure the hair. Gotcha. Perfect. I think that's a good little summation. So if that if that label on the back of the bottle, you don't see the word protein anywhere, right. it's probably just surface acting and moisturizing. Yeah, as my boys would say, it ain't there. Okay. <laughs> you don't see it, it ain't there. And there you have it. There you have it. So I think that uh, that kind of covers this episode. I think next we should probably move into, uh, in the next episode, talking about plexus. Yes, definitely. Plexus. Plexus. I sound like Joe Biden. Plexus. (laughs) Like it's magical. The magical Ah, plex. Great. Well, look. If uh, hopefully they've gotten some nuggets off our little session here today, um, please, we uh, thank you all so much for following us and following on our podcast. Our following is growing. We are very grateful for that. We invite you to follow us on Instagram. You can find Max at Max M Hair. You can find me at Real Captain Color. If you are looking for education, we invite you to come to our website. Uh, You can go right on Instagram, go to my bio or Max's bio, click on the link tree link, and it will take you directly to our educational page. You don't even have to have the email address. You don't have to have any of that uh, website address. Just click on that link. Or if you see any of our ads on social media that has our QR code on it, just scan the QR code. It'll take you directly. We make it so easy for you. You don't have to do anything. It'll take you right to our educational program. We have lots of education coming up as we are recording this podcast. Uh, I am happy to say we are doing our first live, hands-on, in-person. I am. Max has already been out in the field, but I'm doing the first one. I'm so excited. We're actually going to be with real human beings, not on a, not on a t- computer screen. And uh, that's called Swatch It Tomorrow. We're doing with uh, Erica Blancet, one of our great team members. She's going to be facilitating that program with me. Uh, On Tuesday, we're at the Beauty School in La Puente, California. And we're going to be speaking to the students and, of course, talking about our new book called Captain Color vs. Pigment Pirates, which, by the way, you can find on our website as well. You can also find it at DorianBookstore.com, Amazon.com, and Barnes & Noble. So... If you want to know who we are, what we stand for, uh, that's a great book for you to read. And then we have Hair Color School coming up in October. That October 9th, that begins, and Hair Color University, October 3rd. So a plethora of education for you. We want to help you discover your own hair color genius. And hopefully we're doing that. And don't forget our Wednesday night uh, live broadcast on Instagram. So with that... Uh, as always, uh, my name is Captain Color. I almost forgot my name. My name is Captain Color, and from my heart to yours, I am out. Max, how about you? I'm out of here. Until next time, everybody. And Dennis, thanks for having me. All right, brother. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. See you soon. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. The preceding broadcast was a production of Guru Nation, a brand neutral educational resource for salon professionals. Thank you.